Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Dwayne are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath. And let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Helping Couples Heal podcast. This is Marnie, and I am here with Dwayne. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. And we are going to be talking today about a topic that we hear about so often from our clients. And that topic is, why is a betrayed partner's reaction to triggers so emotionally overwhelming and so flooding and big. And the reason that we're doing this is twofold. One is to help educate the partner about her own experience, why her experience is that way. Because I've worked with so many partners who come in and they're describing their own reactions and experiences and emotions, and they feel that it's an overreaction. You know, they feel like, I don't know what's happening to me. This is not me. I'm having all of these Um, physical symptoms, and I am rageful, and I am behaving in a way that's not me. So we want to help betrayed partners understand their own experiences, and we really want to educate the ones who have betrayed about why these triggers result in the kind of behavior and reaction that we see. Because understanding that is going to be able to allow the one who betrayed to support and show up for their partner in a way that's actually going to be healing and helpful as opposed to cause more trauma. Yeah, this is a really important topic and is fundamental to relationship healing. How we respond to our partner's amygdala when they're in trauma is how the relationship is going to heal or not heal. So let's do sort of a quick 101 on what's happening with the partner's brain as a result of the discovery of betrayal trauma. And I feel that the best way to do this 101 is to talk about three things. The first would be attachment, the role of attachment in all of this. And the second would be the trauma reaction, right? The actual trauma symptoms. And then the third would be grief. And, you know, grief is defined as the normal expected human experience of responding to loss. And these three things, when they're all put together, really lead to what we see in partners who have been betrayed by their spouse or their partner. So, If we start with the first one, we look at attachment. What I'd like to say about that is we choose a partner in life to sort of take over the role of our parent or our caregiver, right? When we're little, we are dependent upon whoever's taking care of us to keep us alive. So that attachment becomes basically our safety vest, our life jacket, right? Without that, we will not be safe. And You know, I was just listening to this podcast yesterday and another therapist was talking about this very topic and saying that, 
You know, like when we are in camp or we're in school, oftentimes the teacher will buddy us up in a buddy system. So if one person, let's say, wants to go um, outside for recess or to the bathroom, the teacher will often say, okay, take your buddy. And the whole reason for that is not so you'll have fun with this person. It's really to keep you safe. Yeah. And I think talking about attachment is critical because our attachment figures lay the foundation of how we will respond to every relationship we have in our life. And if we've had attachment figures that weren't necessarily there in the healthiest of ways, the ways in which we're going to respond to the significant others in our life is going to be influenced by our attachment. And so understanding attachment is a critical component of healing the relationship because it is going to dictate how you need to show up for your partner when they have these trauma responses and these moments of grief because we can be more effective when we can respond in a way that matches or is best suited for our partner's attachment style. And on top of that, we can be aware when our own attachment trauma is activated. And we have to work to balance those two pieces together, how we are responding and how we need to respond to our partner based on their own attachment style. Right. And that, as you said, is critical. It's a critical part of learning how to heal from betrayal trauma. And then there's a second part of attachment. And it's less about our attachment styles and it's more about how we attach to another person. And as I was saying before, it's sort of when we pick a partner for life, that person is meant to now become that buddy, right? That person who's going to help keep us safe. And even though when we meet somebody and choose to spend our life with them, usually we think consciously, I'm choosing this person because they are fun and they're smart and adventurous and I am attracted to them. But underneath that, there's this fundamental reason that we choose a partner and that is so that we can buddy up and have our person and stay safe, right? They are gonna become our life jacket. And so when there is a betrayal, that creates such a deep attachment injury for the betrayed partner they are no longer safe in the world. So everything starts to feel threatening. Yeah, absolutely. When we have a partner, we're selecting them because we have the belief most of the time that we're going to be in this together, in life together. We're going to protect each other. We're going to help each other. Life is hard as it is. And you're counting on your partner to to be there for that and that they're going to have your back and they're going to protect you. And when betrayal trauma happens, it ruptures that very fundamental process. They're no longer your buddy in this life. They're now unknown, unsafe. And they're now actually a threat. Yes. Right? It's the opposite of what they were. They were the safety and then they become a threat to your well-being. So yeah, now they are seen as as a threat. I don't know if I can predict this. If I cannot predict my environment, I am not safe. My brain cannot make me safe if I don't know what's going on. Right, and if the person who I thought was my safety net 
has done this, has betrayed me, I don't know where I'm safe in the world. I don't know if I'm safe when I'm in the grocery store. I don't know if I'm safe with my friends. I don't know where I'm safe. And so what happens is then the environment, like you were saying, becomes threatening and unsafe. And there's triggers everywhere. So when there's a trigger in the environment, it activates the partner's brain, right? It activates this part of the brain, the amygdala, which is the threat response. That response, the amygdala does not know how to discern between the fact that there was trauma in the past and what's going on in the present. So often partners are having a response that might be real, but it also might be perceived based on the messages that the amygdala is getting. And that sends a partner into a trauma reaction, which would be this fight, flight, or freeze. And that's what we see, right, with our betrayed partners. Yeah, and I think I want to add a little more complexity to even that, because now we have this betrayal trauma, we have this threat response, it could be perceived, our brain is saying danger, danger, whether it's accurate or not doesn't really matter. And then on top of that, to add to this complexity, is we have our own attachment dynamics that can also create threat responses on how we respond intimately to relationship. So we have this two-tiered problem. We have the betrayal trauma, and then we have our attachment issues. And that comes up to how we are safe in a relationship, how we feel safe, how we seek safety in a relationship, and how we are just triggered by that piece as well. Absolutely. And then that third component that I mentioned at the beginning, grief. Like you just said, this is so complex. We have the attachment stuff. Then we have the trauma responses, which is often sort of a result of that shattering of attachment. And then on top of all of that, we have grief, this natural and expected response, right, to loss. And for partners that have been betrayed, the amount of loss is immeasurable. And so those three things together lead to a partner often, not always, but often acting in ways that they don't understand and that don't feel to them like themselves. And then that is really confusing to the person who's betrayed them, especially, for instance, when things have been going well, right? There's been some healing, some relational recovery, and then there's this trigger and the partner responds in a way that maybe he or she had responded you know, months back or a year back and the, the betrayer doesn't understand it and then tries to offer some kind of logical response or logical explanation, especially if it's a perceived threat and not a real threat. And I would even add this to it as well to just bring more complexity to this topic. They may offer a logical explanation of like, this is what happened, this is not what happened, and dismiss the person's feelings, or they might actually offer reassurance outside of their partner's attachment style in a way that their partner can't receive it because of their attachment wounding as well. So you have this dual system taking place as well. So it can be they can go into that logic or they may just not respond in a way that is conducive to their partner's attachment style. Right. And if the partner is indeed having a trauma response to whatever the trigger is, just going back to the logic piece, when the betrayer starts to try to offer some kind of logical explanation, as you said, Dwayne, it's actually a complete waste of time because 
The partner's trauma response is a biological reaction. It is a biological process. And when we're having a trauma response, we do not respond to logic, right? The part of our brain that's activated, it's offline, like we're offline and we're not able to respond. So to any person listening who's betrayed their partner, it's really important when there is a trigger for you to recognize that your partner's having this biological experience. And rather than trying to talk him or her through it in a way that's logical, you know, kind of arguing the facts or trying to set the record straight, that's not going to actually offer her an opportunity to come back from that. It's not going to offer her what she needs in order to come out of that trauma response. And oftentimes what we see is the betrayer doing all of this stuff to try to manage her trigger and her reaction or his reaction or his trigger. And what ends up happening is it makes it worse. So So recognizing it as a biological response and then being the safe landing place for him or her and being able to do this, you know, what we describe as co-regulation, being there in order to bring that person back in a loving way and putting aside our own need or agenda for trying to set the record straight and get the facts right. Yeah, I like that idea of having a safe place to land and making that space there for your partner if you've done the betrayal. So when this takes place, they have this safe place to land. And what I would add is to make that place safe is to understand how to respond in a soothing way And to make that even better is to understand how to do that in the context of your partner's attachment style. And you can increase the likelihood that you can create that safe place to land for your partner when the amygdala is now offline and saying there's a threat, whether it's accurate or not, in some ways doesn't necessarily matter in that moment it's creating that safe space for your partner to process and calm down and move through the fight or flight response. Right. And what we often see is that the betraying partner gets angry or frustrated, right? And has their own reaction or response to their partner's reaction. And so that response is, as I said earlier, it's more hurtful than it is helpful. Because again, rather than coming from a soothing, loving, nurturing comforting place, now they're angry. So if you have a person responding, you're having this biological process, they're already triggered, their amygdala is screaming, threat, 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 threat. And then they're they're met with anger, sometimes rage, or sometimes total shutdown, right? Abandonment. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm leaving. I'm sick of this, right? All of those responses are going to make that partner continue to feel that the one that hurt them is not going to repair is not going to be able to keep them safe. And from that place, you can't have any relational healing. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is so crucial and important to this process. And if you're healing your relationship due to betrayal, some of the things you want to do is become an expert in understanding these trauma reactions, how they work in the body from a biological perspective, so you can approach it that way. And then also becoming an expert in your partner's attachment style. So once again, you can deliver this information that fits for them in a way that calms their nervous system. And that is where 
relational healing is going to take place. It's in those moments on how you respond then and there. It's always in the present that healing, in my opinion, happens. And so that's the work we can do. And that's how a relationship is going to transcend betrayal trauma. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to leave you all with this idea, particularly to the betraying partner, that when your betrayed partner gets triggered and has a trauma response, you have a choice. You are able to make a conscious choice about whether you are going to be able to show up for him or her and be there to help co-regulate and bring him or her back online to a place of homeostasis where they can think again and their, their heartbeat, their blood pressure, all of their vital signs come back online. Or you can make the choice to abandon and the abandoning could be literal, you just leave, or you can abandon with anger and rage and logic. So again, remember, this is a choice. You've been given this information, and now what you do with this is up to you. Absolutely. And my hope for every relationship out there is they get to a space after they heal the betrayal trauma that they can do this work for each other. That's the ultimate goal, and that's where we really see relationships thrive. And you can get there. It's a process. It's hard work. But dig in, understand it, do the work, and get to the other side. And we know getting to the other side is absolutely possible. Not always possible, right? It's not always possible, but it's very possible. But how you show up is what's going to impact and determine if you do get to the other side. So we hope this has been helpful and that it might have a positive impact on your relationship as you continue to move forward in your healing. And as always, we appreciate your trust in us and we will be back soon to talk about other topics that hopefully are helpful to you as you continue along this path. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Marnie and Duane in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.